And all right, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians and chapter 5. <clears throat> it's just one of those nights, amen? I uh, forgot my iPad, and I preach almost exclusively from my iPad, so I had, I'm going, I had to go way back, old-fashioned, eight and a half by 11 single sheets. I mean, this is like right after I used to handwrite everything, so... <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to continue in our, our chairs series uh, for, cup, for family. Uh, if you remember, we already went through couples, a couple uh, for ladies, now we're in chairs. Well, couple was to the men about the ladies, and chairs is to the ladies about the men. And it kind of hits both sides all the time. So, But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, we're going to repeat this verse um, Every time, still pretty much. So Ephesians 5.33, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Thank you, Lord. We ask that you'd bless as we look, look at this teaching tonight. Well, thank you for it, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You might want to just turn your... Put a note or a ribbon of your Bible over in Genesis 3 and then also in 1 Timothy 2. So Genesis 3 and also in 1 Timothy 2. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote a few other passages as we walk along. But <clears throat> uh, we'll stick with this part. So Ephesians 5.33, Genesis 3, 1 Timothy 2. Now... This is I, the letter I tonight, so C-H-A-I, and I is for insight, insight, recognizing that your husband has insight, insight. Now, <clears throat> um, the book starts with a story that if you want to go read the book, I'll let you read it for yourself. Um, it's not one of those things that for me, uh, I wanted to use here in this, in this scenario, but I remember uh, my mom, well, excuse me, I don't remember this. This was before I, you know, was really aware that or cared about what my sisters did or whatever. I was just a kid, very, very young kid at that time. But both my sisters, they wanted to go to some party at, at uh, well, we all grew up, uh, went to Christian school and all that. And both my sisters, they wanted to go to some party. This One of the girls at school was having a party and they wanted to go and, uh, it was one of those all overnight, stay all night, I think, or at least it was late into the night. And they, all the, you know, there's going to be plenty of adults there, all that kind of stuff. And um, my mom, now some of, you, some of you understand this, men and ladies, my mom had some intuition about it. Just never felt easy about it. And uh, she just kind of told dad, I, I just, I don't feel good about this and I don't know why. Well, because of that, because of that, they kept them home. Uh, well, it turns out my sisters actually came back and thanked my mom and my dad for not letting them go to that party because there were no adults and the police showed up and there was alcohol. And I mean, we're talking all underage. We're talking 16 and younger. And uh, if, I'm, if I understand it right, the, the police may have hauled a few people off and my sisters are like going, thank you that we didn't have all that drama and mess in our lives. We didn't want nothing to do with that. They just thought it was going to be, you know, oh, mom, why can't we go, you know? And intuition is a marvelous thing, is it not? God does bless. 
excuse me, women are built, God built them with intuition. But intuition can also be a hindrance to a relationship because intuition is just that. It's only intuition. It's not always based on facts. It's not always right. And uh, it can be right, but it's not always right. So this is, this is kind of where we're aiming at this. Is there going to be, is, it's kind of intuition in comparison to insight. And ladies, again, remember, this is how to, how to help your man, okay? From, and this is from the aspect of the intuition. We'll get a little bit further than we can. So first point, first point is this. Number one, your intuition is not the will of God. Not that you have it, intuition. Obviously, God gave you intuition. But all your intuitions about every individual event, those aren't the will of God. You are not the will of God. You're not expressing the will of God through your intuition. Your intuition is not the will of God. Okay, so let me put it this way. Don't make your intuitive guidance the pivotal point on whether or not you'll respect your husband. Well, if he doesn't listen to me on this, I just don't know how I can respect him. Oh, because you're always right, right? Is everybody here? That's what we're talking about. Don't make your intuitive guidance the pivotal point of whether or not you respect your husband. Now, this may sound, in this group, I don't know, this may sound unusual to you, but uh, talking and reading after many, many counselors who actually deal deal with families and couples on a regular basis, many women, in many ways, feel and verbally say that their, their whole life is spent assisting basic, their basically inept husbands uh, to live a better and wiser life. Believe it or not, the many women feel this, like not on a small basis, like when counselors are dealing with couples, this is, when they get into this matter, this is almost pervasive, the, the idea of many females, is that they love their husbands, they're good men, they're just, they don't make good decisions, and so my job is to make sure to help him make good decisions. Now there's a good verse for that. It's Proverbs 3, 7, and 8. Be not wise in thine own eyes. <laughs> Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and morrow to thy bones. And I, I, know I know we're going to understand this, but we're going to dig a little deeper down this. Ladies, you're not always right. You're not the sole owner of all wisdom. And I'm sure every lady in the room is going, well, duh, I know that. <clears throat> um, but let me ask you this. Say, well, I know that. Okay, great, you know that. But do you know it so much that when your husband differs with you, you are actually able to see that he might be right? That's, that's where it comes down to. If your husband differs with your intuition, are you able to back away from your intuition long enough to be able to look at his vision and see that he might have a point or might be right? Now, I think it just goes without saying that we shouldn't, when I say we, I'm not a lady. When I say we, I'm, I'm referencing ladies, but I'm not including myself. I guess that's the, is that the euphemism way of trying to include myself and make it all nice and touchy-feely? Okay, ladies, don't think or pretend or lie to yourself that you are the only one in the marriage with any good practical wisdom. And I'm just telling you, when it comes, this all, I'm sure every lady in the room is going, well, I know that, I know you know that, but when it comes down to a disagreement between your intuition and his insight, and there's a disagreement, which one are you going to stick with? And that's where the issue comes. Which one are you going to defend? Okay, it is true, listen, it is true that women have intuition, and guys, it is true 
that men ought to give ear to women's intuition. A man that will not listen to his wife's intuition on a subject is not using every possible resource that applies to the decision. And I think we all know that sometimes, sometimes women see stuff they don't even know they're seeing, and they can see it. So, and now here's why women trust their intuition, or why even maybe, and I'm going to call it intuition, it expands a little bit bigger than that, is because they know their men have blind spots. Well, what are you saying? When we travel in evangelism, there were times we'd walk into a church and we'd be, as we're fellowshipping, talking to the people, all of a sudden, um, myself would look at a female and be like, oh my goodness, Dana, would you just kind of stay right here? You know, and I, I don't know what I picked, but there'd be times when she'd say, Tim, and I'm all of a sudden, I feel like she's like right next to me, and she said, Tim, you just be careful of that one. I'm going, which one? That one. That one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't see it, but if she sees it, it's there. <laughs> we're just going to be careful. We're just not going to hang around that one over there. Hi, how you doing? Yes. <laughs> they come up, then you reach your hand way out and you stop them out there a long ways away with a handshake. You know, Not that all women are wicked and evil, but I think we all know there's men and women who are just, you know, they're just attention seekers. And so I have learned. There are times to listen to that. It is true that women have, because men do have blind spots. But that... To believe that you are always right and that your husband can never see the truth would be to believe that you don't have any blind spots. So everybody here? Well, I might have them, I just don't know where they are. Yeah, that's why they're called blind spots. Blind spots. To believe that your intuition is always giving you all the facts all the time and you can trust everything that's popping into your head and, and ready to roll. I mean, the, the things that you think are fact because that's what in, intuition is something that so impresses you that you almost feel like it's a fact. Okay? And if you always trust that and never yield to your husband on some things, that means that you don't believe you have any blind spots. You might say you do, but you're acting like you don't. So now, so what do men have? Men have insight. Men have insight. That's just a handy word because it's I, okay? But basically that means is they're not without wisdom on some things. They're not without some, some practical, usable wisdom on some interactions that, would, that ladies would be interested in. As a matter of fact, there might be some things that would cross over into some realms that they, sh- they should seek, and many women do seek some of that. But there should be times, and let me put it this way, here's where intuition and insight are going to crack heads. There should be times... When he has a right to correct you, and you not go, or whatever it is, you, you know, you get your house is done. You hear me? There should be times that, that your man has a right to correct your intuition without him, listen, without him feeling like he's going to get his head bit off. And without you feeling, Without you automatically feeling like he's just an idiot because he's ignoring your intuition again. There he goes. He's going to do something stupid. Okay? He needs to have... What in the world's going on here? He needs to have the right to correct that. Believe it or not, listen. In a longer marriage, when men no longer give input, it's because no matter what they say, it doesn't make a difference. Because her intuition and her words are always going to be right, and it don't matter what he says anymore. So why say anything? 
Well, I wish you'd give more input. Right, I'll bet you do. Because he disagrees with you, and he's at the point he's going, well, I don't know if I want to give input or not. I think I got, I'm going to say this again down the road, but he's like, if I say what I think, I'll get in trouble. And if I don't say what I think, I'll get in trouble. But if I don't say anything, the trouble there is less than the trouble if I do say something. So I just don't say nothing. So if the husband is ceasing or even refusing to give input on certain things, guess what? That means he's been... Now, granted, let me just step aside and say that at some point he's going to have to buck up and be a man and tell you, uh, this is the way we're doing things, that's how it's working. But most guys don't like to do that to the wife because they don't want it to be a big fuss. They love you and they want you to hang around for a while. So they just end up going, hmm? And that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. So ladies, beware. If they're not saying anything, it's because no matter what they do say, they're wrong because your intuition is right and their insight is meaningless. That's how they see it. That's how they would feel it. So number two, so number one, your, in, your intuition is not the will of God. It's not, it's not God speaking through you on everything. It's a gift that God has given you that is to be used like anything else. Okay? Number two, women, and this is important, ladies, you have an amazing amount of influence. Great influence. And if you know anything about influence, you need to beware of influence. Is everybody here? It was the, uh, I was the favorite uncle. It's because I was the only uncle. I had two sisters. <laughs> I was the only real uncle that was about close to their age, and I was still to this day. I mean, some of them can't come out to Autumn's wedding, and they don't text Autumn. They text me. <laughs> I can't come to the wedding, Uncle Tim. I'm so sorry. You know, like, it's okay. I mean, I get it. It's like right near Christmas. It's like 1,600 miles away. I understand. It's all right. Because there's been some influence. And that influence has, I'm just telling you from my perspective, has not always been the best. Influence is not always used properly. It's not. If you look in Genesis chapter 3, go to Genesis chapter 3 if you've got that passage there. Most of you know this story already. So chapter 3, verse 1, the serpent shows up and he begins to question the word of God. Now understand, now in the, in the order of events that have happened, the trees were created and Adam was created and the order about the trees was given to Adam. Then Eve was created and the, the order from God was transferred to Eve through Adam. Okay? So God's word was given to Adam, and he turned and gave that to Eve. Adam knew, because he heard it from the voice of God, what was right and what was wrong. Okay? So we have, we have the, the serpent shows up in verse 1, begins to question the word of God, which she's only heard through Adam. Okay? And, you know, question, oh, it's not like this. It's not, you're not going to be that bad. Oh, you'll be really smart. And verse 6 and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof. Now, okay, now here's the, here's the, here's the difference, okay? She went beyond the direct order of God and began to examine what the order was about by herself. Okay, you see that? A guy would take it easy. Well, we're not touching that one. Why not? Because God said to. Well, yeah, but no, God said to. 
Well, yeah, but look what we could... Uh, do you hear what I'm saying? Okay. So, and if we keep, let's see here. If we go down to verse 13. Now they've been caught. The Lord's looking at them. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is it that thou hast done? And look what the woman says, because she can see the truth of it now, because it's running up her backside. And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. What does the word beguiled means? Mean. Yeah, it's even more specific. It means she was charmed to deceit. She was charmed to deceit. The devil charmed her into being deceived, and he, he pointed out all the good things on the other side of the line. Now, and if, if we go over into, well, we'll look at it a little bit later. Uh, Eve was deceived. Adam was not. And if we even go to Romans chapter 5, Adam, Romans 5 says quite clearly that Adam disobeyed. By one man's disobedience. Eve was deceived. Adam disobeyed. Why did he disobey? I want, us to, I want us to pause and think here. Why did Adam disobey? And everybody's going to say, oh, because he loved her. Well, that sounds real good, and that's part of the truth, but it's different than that. Shall we go back and look? She says, end of verse 6, she saw how good it was, and she did eat, and gave also under her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, who's the one who knew the rule? For sure, from the mouth of God. Adam did. What made him eat of the fruit? Not the serpent. So everybody here? It was the influence of his wife. It was the influence of Eve. Her intuition got deceived. And here's, here's Eve being deceived, okay? So ladies, listen, listen, you have great influence. Beware of your intuition and the influence that you can use on that. Listen, and because of this, that's part of the reason. And that's how God designed you. That's how God designed you. That's not a, it's not a weakness. It is a strength. It's a strength that men should rely on. But every strength has a weakness. Okay? Those strengths have weaknesses. So there's a reason on purpose that God did not choose the woman to lead in the church. And, that's, and that is stated in the Bible. I don't know if you know that or not. There's a reason. 1 Timothy 2. You can write it down if you want. Look at it later. 1 Timothy 2, verses 12 through 15. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to assert authority over the man but to be in silence and that's talking about in the church itself for Adam was first formed here's why for Adam was first formed then Eve and Adam was not deceived but the woman being deceived was in the transgression it points directly at that listen the reason I'm not going to have the woman lead is because number one Adam was made first but number two the woman can be deceived Kind of interesting, just kind of interesting how that works. Not saying that men can't be deceived, but a woman can be led astray by her intuition, and hopefully a man's going to look at it and look at the black and white rules of it. Okay, now, well, that's just Paul being a male chauvinist. No, it's not. It's recognition that a woman's ability, that a, a woman's ability to have intuition also puts in her the ability to be deceived by her own desires, things that seem good and seem right. Consider this. Eve had to become convinced. I want you to think of this all the way through. Eve had to become convinced in her mind that she knew better than her husband and the word of God about the fruit that was being eaten. 
Do you understand that? She had to come to the point where in her mind, God was wrong and her husband was wrong because obviously the fruit was good. Can you see that? That's in there. That has to be in there. Okay? So she felt like she used, so she used her belief to influence her husband, something she believed to be a fact, to influence her husband to disobey what he knew to be the truth. Now granted, let me just pause. Adam, it would have been an interesting story if Adam would have said, uh, no, the Lord said we're not doing that. I'm not doing it. You'll have to face the Lord on your own on this one. But then he wouldn't, he wouldn't have loved her either. I mean, there's kind of a weird mix in there, isn't there? I like, do I, do I, you know, because he's going to, God's going to kill you, you're done, I'm going to get a new wife, you know what? You you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's this whole mixed in thing. Now, he should have stood up, he should have stood up and killed the snake before the snake ever got a chance to say the second sentence. So it should have happened, but anyways. So, but we're human and we all sin, okay? But she had influence and that influence was deceived and she used that deceived influence to, to, be, to cause her husband to disobey something that he knew to be wrong. Or, now, so by that I'm going to say, beware, ladies. <clears throat> beware that you're not trusting your own thinking, or that you're, well, let's see. Beware that you're not trusting your own thinking so much that it would cause you to believe that your husband is an ignorant fool and doesn't know what he's talking about. If your intuition turns your heart against your husband, it's time to really question your intuition. Are you listening? He might be wrong, but if it changes your thinking about your husband, that's wrong. That's not good either, okay? Now, so point three, point three. A marriage needs both her intuition and his insight. It has to, but both are required. Husbands and wives need each other, right? Right? And you know, we've talked about the, the help meet. I don't know if you've ever heard, heard this before, but the, the, the verbiage behind the word help meet is the idea of a completer and that she, she sees his weaknesses and automatically fills those in. You know, she finds the holes and she automatically fills those in. It's amazing. You, you watch, you watch um, a husband who is lazy. Okay, I'm just telling you, a husband who is lazy, like, Guys, you look at a husband, that guy's a lazy bum, and what you'll see is a wife who is doing all sorts of other things to fill in because she loves her husband, and her automatic tendency is to fill in those cracks. Okay, that, that's kind of, that's how, that, how God designed us. It's an amazing thing. Now, but that can be overrun because we're human. I know what husbands are supposed to do, and what, you know, I understand that, but thought, ladies, could it be that your husband is not leading in some of those areas where you wish he would because you have so often contradicted his direction with your intuition. Well, he's not leading in this area, so I see a big hole. I wish he would lead in this area. I don't know how come he's not leading in this area. It's because every, maybe it's because every time he's tried to lead in that area, the leadership has contradicted with your intuition and you use the the intuition to provide influence on him and thus he has finally just abdicated his leadership in that spot because he's never right there. Then he doesn't want to fight the battle anymore. Is everybody here? Wow, how about them? Should we change the subject real quick? Michigan, Michigan's number two in the college football playoffs, right? 
It's awesome. <laughs> Here's some questions for a wife who wants your, you want your husband to lead, or there's places where you want your husband to lead. Okay, listen. There's spots where you, I wish he would lead here. Okay? Here's some questions for you ladies to ask yourself. Did my husband ever seek to lead in our marriage, but I differed because I felt it was stupid? Okay? Did my husband ever seek to lead in an area in our marriage, but I differed because I felt it was stupid? Ladies, number two. Do I send him a message that I do not intend to follow him if he makes a decision contrary to what I believe is correct? Number two, ladies, question to ask yourself, do I send him a message that I do not intend to follow him if he makes a decision contrary to what I believe is correct? And everybody wants to run to the passage. Well, the Bible says we ought to obey God rather than man. That is not what this is talking about. As a matter of fact, that passage has a whole lot to do with the preaching of the gospel and not much else. You may not like that, but that's what the passage is talking about, the preaching of the gospel. I think so often, often we get into this, ladies like, and I'm not saying all ladies, but ladies bring this into the marriage because their intuition says, my husband must be wrong, so, and what I feel must be right, so I'm going to believe what I think is God's right. Thus, you're actually turning against your husband's leadership. That's not a good thing. If you have a goodwill's husband who's not like leading you out into, you know, literally like worshiping the devil, follow him. <laughs> well, it doesn't make any sense. Well, he's the leader, and if it's not going to make sense, he'll have to deal with the Lord about that. You have to be careful about this, okay? Do I send my husband a message that I do not intend to follow him if he makes a decision contrary to what I believe is correct? Let me ask you a question. Who's the real leader in that relationship? I'll follow you unless you go there, then I'm not following you. Oh, so you're not following at all. But you, you're, following, you're doing what you want to do no matter what. Okay, number three. Do I send a message that says, I want you to lead, but only when it bolsters and carries out my desires, <laughs> which is a continuation of the previous thought. Do I send messages with how I respond or whatever that says, I want you to lead, but only when it bolsters and carries out my desires. Number four. Do I want my husband to be responsible? But if he is irresponsible, in my opinion, I'm going to exercise veto power. Number five. Do my words and actions communicate, you're responsible, but I have the authority? <laughs> you're responsible, but I have the authority. Okay, in marriage, now those, are just, those are just some questions to ask, ask yourself as a lady, as a wife. Okay, now I'm going to ask ladies to be patient with me because I've got to dig down on a couple spots, okay? In marriage... We often see each other's mistakes. That's part of, part of marriage, okay? When the honeymoon time is over, it goes from honeymoon to what in the world did I have I done? <laughs> did, I, did I make a mistake? What's going on? 
because we suddenly find out that my knight in shining armor is more like a peasant on a mule. <laughs> There's fleas all over the joint. We often see each other's mistakes. Now, listen, be patient with me, ladies. But it is amazing how a wife would recognize the husband's frailties, failures, weaknesses, and oddities, and while readily admitting that she has weaknesses and issues, but when it comes down to actual sin in marriage, she'll readily point her own sin in her negative reaction to her husband's sin, but not the sin that she's committing to him overtly. Is everybody here? Well, I'm sinning because I'm reacting to his negative. If he wasn't negative, I wouldn't sin. Oh, so you're perfect. Is everybody here? So, oh, you wouldn't even have sin if it wasn't for your husband. Or is it the fact that the husband is revealing sin in you? (laughs) Follow me all the way through here. Uh, Let me just... Listen. (laughs) Oh boy, don't throw stuff at me. Often, bad attitudes, maybe even bad habits, are usually written off because of, well, you know, I just have a chemical imbalance. Well, you know, it's just, it's, it's a hormonal thing. Well, I, I, I just come from a dysfunctional family. He'll just have to get used to it. But at the same time, every foible and every problem and every sin of the husband is pointed out in stark clarity. And, and the wives are like, well, it's just, just my time. Well, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a lady thing. Well, it's, that's how I grew up. Is everybody here? Let me illustrate it. Whew. Can't even believe I'm saying this, some of this stuff out loud. <laughs> Ladies, does your husband, who, well, I'll just say, does your husband have a right to say to you, you know, honey, I, I hate to say it, but I, I think you might need to lose a few pounds. He would never. Okay, no, excuse, hold on, pause. If he loves you and he cares about you and he cares about your health, what is wrong with that question? He would never. If the automatic response to that is, it's his fault, he never should have said that, I'm going to ram down his throat my long list of complaints and I'm going to bring out every beam in his eye that I have ever found. <laughs> totally ignoring what has been said. Let, let you hear what I'm saying? Well, he needs to take care of his problems. Yes, he does. That's true. But he's also your husband. And he has some wisdom and he has some insight. And he might be from the outside looking in going, you're not responding to this stress well. And that insight needs to be as welcome in your home as your intuition. Everybody here? Everybody still here? Do I need a duck? How often we know this to be true. Listen, when women want their husbands to fix something, the husband is going to know about it. Don't, don't tell me this is not true. I think everyone here knows about it. If there's something that a husband needs fixing, he's going to hear about it. But if there's something that the woman needs fixing, the guys at work are going to hear about it. Is everybody here? 
Why, why is it okay for the woman to bring up things, but not okay for the man? What, why? What's the balance there? What's, what's the scripture there? There isn't any. There isn't any. Beware. <laughs> Again, if your first response is, he wouldn't dare. <laughs> Uh, it could be that the real problem at this point in time is neither issue but actually your pride that suddenly got in the way of a possible moment of drawing together. Nothing like hauling out a baseball bat of pride and going, Poom! well, let me just toss some problems back at you, pal. Okay? Now, if you're thinking, well, you just don't understand my situation. Okay, you're absolutely right. I will. I, 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 there's no way I can know every possible family situation, uh, no matter how many years you've been a pastor or whatever, how many books you've read. Uh, but I'll remind you of two things. And wives, I'm talking to wives. First John one eight. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Must acknowledge that I am contributing as much intuition as I am sin. <laughs> as the husband is insight and sin, because we're human. Number two, ladies, before you pick up your list of complaints, whether in your head or to throw at him, let me remind you of the words of Jesus to another self-righteous couple of people surrounding someone who was a sinner. He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone. I hear me when your husband, because of insight and works up actually enough gumption to try to help you by correction in his best way he can, maybe guys takes a little while for him to figure out how to do that, and your first response is to pick up a stone to throw back, realize, ooh, it could be that my it could be that my pride's gotten in the way. That my intuition is trying to overrun his insight. Amen. Moving on, is everybody ready for me to move on a little bit? Number four. Number four. Beware that you aren't trying to be the Holy Spirit in your husband's life. Beware that you aren't trying to be the Holy Spirit in your husband's life. Now it is true, and we use that as an example, that often the, the woman is a picture of the Holy Spirit in the home. But that's absolutely true. If you have a woman, if you have a happy wife, happy life is a very true statement. It's, it's funny, but it's also true. The, the heart that the woman has in the home sets the tone for the whole home. For kids and all. I'm, I'm telling you, back before they figured out that my mom had some serious issues, uh, you would, I would walk into the house after school and I... I I mean, all my, every feeler I had out possibly, watching every facial expression, how every word was said to find out, okay, so am I walking in on a good day or am I walking in on a day where I just go to my room and make my bed and reorganize my closet and do all my homework and play with my toys and then, you hear me? Because the woman's heart sets the, sets the tone of the home. Now thank the Lord when the Lord began to work through her and they began to help her out and she herself sought, sought, sought the Lord. Boy, I tell you what, the whole home situation just, I, I will never forget. I'm just telling you, I'll never forget when I looked, my, my wife will tell you, we were sitting at, um, 
Oh, the, the pizza place, downtown Campbell, pizza, pizza, pizza something. Anyways, we're sitting at a pizza place. I'm looking across at my mom, and she's, she has been studying and reading, and she's getting things right in her heart, and she's getting things right in her head. And I'm looking across at my mom, and she's all snuggled up to my dad. And I'm like, who is this person? I mean, literally, I was like, she's like, I think she got my dad screw loose. I seriously was thinking, something's... Something's weird here. This is over the top. And that was who my mom was from then on. I couldn't believe it. The Lord worked in, and I'm telling you, the the whole nature of the house changed. Even if my dad got mad, if my mom was all right, the house, poof, right back around. So is the Holy Spirit, is a wife like a Holy Spirit in home? Yes. But that doesn't mean you are to be the Holy Spirit for your husband. He has a Holy Spirit, and it's not you. Is everybody here? Turn to to Luke in chapter 10. Didn't tell you about that one, did I? Luke in chapter 10. We're just about done. Believe it or not. I've never looked at this passage like this. Totally blew my mind. Luke chapter 10. Go way, way, way towards the end of the passage. Verse 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she shall help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now, I want you to put this in perspective a second. Do you see the way in which Martha is wording her sentence? There is no question or request in there. Her intuition has said, the women are supposed to be in the kitchen. What is she doing out here? And she thinks everybody should just know this. This is just natural. So she looks out to Jesus thinking, well, I know the truth. I've got the truth. And instead of looking to Jesus and maybe even asking, hey, I could use some help in the kitchen. Maybe could, could you send Martha in? No, I've got the truth down. My intuition is right. Hey, w- would you tell her to get in here? Let, no, excuse me. That's not what he says, would you? She says, look at what she says. Bid her, therefore. There's no please bid her or would you bid her. No, it's bitter. Hey, Jesus, Tell her to come and help me. You realize that she is now, because she believes that she's right, she is telling God what is right to do. Are you putting that together? Because in her mind, that's what was right to do, and even Jesus needed to just get with the program and trust her intuition. (laughs) Wow! And now, listen, I love Jesus' response. He, He really could have, I mean... Jesus was a smart guy. And if you look at some of his responses to some people, he could have ripped her really bad and she never would have come out of that kitchen for the rest of the time he was there. But he doesn't. He actually answers her firmly, but also carefully. Martha, Martha, you're doing a lot of work. You know, you're cumbered about serving many things. He said, but you know what? Here's what the real things that ought to be done is maybe it's time to come out of the kitchen and sit at the feet of Jesus. Whoo! And Mary is doing the right thing here. He answers it well, but he does not rip her apart into doing it. I just, 
I'm just, we say, well, this, you know, this is all about Mary. No, it, it's, um, it's a lot more about Martha. Amen. She's believed that what's in her head, the intuition she has is fact, and she's trying to, in, listen, she's trying to influence Jesus to, to conform Jesus and Mar- Mary to her intuition. Amen. Could it be, ladies, that if Mary could do this with God himself, that there's a chance you might be doing with this with your husband? Because it wasn't like Martha was a bad lady. She's not a bad lady. Uh, you know what? Does everybody hear me? She's a friend of Jesus, called a friend of Jesus. Friend of Jesus. Beware. It is extremely self-righteous to extend your own understanding of a situation, not biblically based, but your own understanding of a situation, may possibly through your intuition, and demand your husband's bend to what you think is fact. Could it be even that how your husband is responding to that, <laughs> to some of your intuitions, could be like Jesus was trying to do with Mary, like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Not that he's being an idiot, <laughs> but that he's trying to help guard you, guide you back into some proper, proper motivation and to not be deceived by your intuition. Now, he's there trying to calm out. He's calmly trying to point out the bigger picture here. The bigger picture is not that we're all fed, the bigger picture is that Jesus is here and we need to spend time with Jesus. If, that's, if all we have is, you know, olives and popcorn, <laughs> we're good to go. Is everybody here? Okay. I think I've said this already, but I'm going to go back over this part. If your husband then is not giving you his direction in a matter, or actually refuses to say something in a matter, it could very well believe, or could very well be that you have been exercising your facts of intuition so often that he no longer just wants to get in trouble over the thing. He's just going to answer less and get in less trouble that way. This is not, again, not say that a man, I'm kind of repeating this because I, I brought a little early out, but that's fine. So here's an illustration. I do like this illustration from the book. The book Love and Respect, remember, and we've got that available in the office in the bookstore. From the book. It's an old story. Gretel says in exasperation to her husband, Hans, You know, we're fighting and bickering too much, Hans, and I've been thinking. I think we need to pray to the dear Lord to take one of us to heaven, the one causing the problem. So you pray that he takes one of us, and I'll pray that he takes one of us, and then I can move in with my sister. It's funny, but it does kind of reveal the story. If you're at the point, listen, and carry this all the way. Ladies, if you're at the point where your husband is the center of all your problems, it's time to take a long look in the mirror. You know the old story, when no matter where you go, everyone else is always the problem. At some point, you have to realize that everyone else is not the problem. He's not a dome cough. I'm going to add this too. You are not responsible to think for both of you, ladies. Listen, ladies. You are not responsible to think for both of you. Stop it. One of the best things you'll ever do for your husband is stop that right there. You'll find the love you want 
And the leadership that you've been hoping for, that you probably have long desired, it's going to take a while when you stop trying to think for both of you. You'll probably find even in there some wonders of wisdom you didn't know existed in there, in him. So now I'm just, we're going to finish up with just a few points. So ladies, here we go. Just a few points and we're all done. When you need to vent, ladies, because ladies need to vent. Everybody here? Ladies got to have time when they can just go open up the valves and go bleh, and guys need to listen. Amen. Guys need to listen. I tell you, that is the one thing, I'm just telling you, I'm a guy trying to dial in on that. It's like it's constant adjustment. I feel like it's always like, Stay, stay involved, stay involved. No, stay involved, stay involved. And listen, it, it's, it's work to do that. It's worth it, but it's work to do that. Ladies, when you need, just need to vent. You need to say up front, ladies, you need to say up front, I'm not looking for insight. <laughs> I'm not looking for you to fix the problem here. I just need to vent. And guys, here's a little phrase you can use. Is this one of those conversations where I'm just listening? Or is this one of those conversations where you're looking for an answer? That's a really good one. Because sometimes, sometimes guys, ladies just need to That's a good thing. Let them do it. It's, and you show them you love them when you listen. I, I didn't say that you're looking at them going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And in the meanwhile, you're considering the batting average of your favorite player and, you know, and what the game is going to look like and what snacks you're going to have at the game for the next. No, it's actually listening and responding as best you can. Honestly, as best you can. Ladies, recognize that when he does offer advice, okay, and he's trying to fix things, he doesn't think that you're less of a person. He's showing you that that is problem solving is how men show empathy. You understand that? Problem solving is how men show empathy. So when a man is saying, you know, you know what? you could probably do is do this. He is showing you that he's trying to walk next to you and feel your pain. That's how men show empathy. Like women show empathy by just, you know, saying how bad it is and walking away and a guy'd be going, what? None of you guys are going to say anything? No advice at all? (laughs) Oh, fine. A lot of friends you guys are. (laughs) Where women just want to dump it all out and then they leave it on the table and walk away laughing and arm in arm. The problem's not solved. The guys would be going nuts at that point. But listen, Problem solving is the male version of empathy. If you don't know what empathy is, the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. So guys, you show empathy to your lady by sitting down and dialing in as best you can. And recognize, ladies, that when your husband does sit down and try to offer advice, he's trying to show empathy. Okay? When you differ with him in regards to intuition versus insight, listen, when intuition and insight, man and woman, differ, Give your counsel with respect. With respect. What, is, what does Paul tell Timothy? That the, the, the women will win their husbands with their behavior, with their meek and quiet spirit. You remember that? That the, the women will win their husbands by a calm and a godly behavior. So when you differ with him in insight versus insight, and you give your counsel with respect, not as if you're the sole authority in life, you can, listen, you can, I know, I don't always agree with this, but I do think there's some truth to this. You can be right and still be wrong at full volume. <laughs> Is it right here? Well, let's just put it this way. You can be right and be wrong with a bad attitude. 
You can express something all right with a very bad attitude that doesn't suddenly make you best, the best person in the room, okay? Now, ladies, this might be a rough one. Honestly, sometimes hear his advice and use his advice. And when it works, because believe it or not, guys ain't dome cuffs all the time. Although I admit we're pretty hard-headed. But when it works, praise him for it. Thank you. That was amazing. I did this and it worked. Don't go, well, it worked, but my way was better. Did it work? It worked. It worked. Okay? And this is, and I know this, this goes without saying, but think back through what we've been talking about. Admit, ladies, that your husband's not the only sinner in the, in the marriage. And remember that God is using both of you. Wisdom is the two of you together, bouncing off each other. Amen. Insight and intuition working together in the marriage. Amen. And then when things work out, let me just tell you, there's... Uh, there's a really good way to do this when suddenly ladies you're in the man's world with your husband um, recognize that this is not your world and respect his place in this world what would it be like for a husband to go to job and be treated with respect by all of his peers be treated with respect by his bosses to be told yes sir no sir from the people that work under him to have even young ladies young secretaries treat him with respect at the office and then to go home and to be treated like an idiot right, you hear what i'm saying he has in he has he has insight and i know ladies i'm hope i'm not trying to beat up on everybody that's not the purpose but Sometimes, ladies, the intuition can feel so strong that we believe that it must be right. And it's not always right. So provide your intuition, but also allow him to provide his insight. And remember, when it comes right down to the end decision, he's the one that's got to stand before God is responsible for that decision. So he's got to be the one that feels right about it. Everybody there? Amen. So I, I is for, for insight. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the day.